Today is December the 7th, and welcome to the Smart Church Podcast. This is your host, Pastor John Whitehurst. I just want to say to you, happy holy days. I have with me a First Lady Jatrivia Whitehurst. Hello, everyone. Uh, Good to be back. Good to be communicating with you again. Absolutely. And we we have to definitely uh, do better uh, going into uh, 2021. Uh, 2020 has been something of an interesting year. Um, But in 2021, every uh, single month on a consistent basis, Uh, hopefully uh, more than once or twice, uh, we got to jump on the podcast and at least uh, speak to the people uh, if we don't do anything else. Uh, So uh, glad to be here uh, with you right now. Um, We got to go grab some lunch. Breakfast was awesome this morning. We want to begin to... Go through the process of of the why um, and the what. Uh, What are we working on uh, at the world's first smart church? uh, And why are we working on uh, what we're working on? Um, And so if we'll we'll just keep that broad outlook, at least uh, we can uh, be giving you guys uh, some updates on a regular basis. So um, that's one thing I want to plug. I've got a couple of, of, of things that um, I'm working on uh, right now. Uh, for this past year, uh, we've been working with the NAACP. Uh, we've formed uh, the New Justice Coalition uh, right up out of Ashford, Alabama, um, we ran into, um, a, a very tragic incident, uh, a one year ago, a little over one year ago, uh, where you had the bad ABs, these white teachers at Ashford High School in Ashford, Alabama, uh, who decided, uh, that they were going to, uh, conspire to discriminate against black students. Um, and they went as far as to organize while they were at work on campus, uh, a Facebook group uh, to name themselves bad A B's. Uh, these were what? Seven teachers. Yes. Yeah, seven teachers. Um, and they began to communicate to one another uh uh, to discuss uh, in a disgusting fashion um, the lives of their black students, their minority students, their LGBT students. Uh, they made threats uh, and they said some stuff that was so harsh uh, that the national news media picked it up uh, when they got a hold of it because of a heroic student who was assisting one of the teachers at her request. 
uh, and solve this disgusting garbage that should never be coming uh, from those who are charged to, uh, you know, love on and to help build up the character, the, the esteem um, and the, the minds of our beautiful black children. Um, this heroic student leaked it. Uh, and it ended up getting leaked to the press. He sh- uh, shared it on on uh, social media. Uh, BET took it, ReportOfTheSouth.com, and several uh, other national news uh, media uh, platforms took it and spread it across uh, the globe. Um, fast forward one year later, these teachers are still employed. Uh, white supremacy is deep, deeply rooted. Um, in Houston County uh, of Alabama, one of the most corrupt places uh, on God's green earth. Uh, The superintendent uh, just lost. He's on his way out of there. Um, But there's still a lot of systemic racism, a lot of issues that have to be dealt with. um, And we're working and, and we're grateful for those who who stepped up to the plate with the NAACP, uh, the New Justice Coalition. Of course, COVID-19 uh, came in as sort of an obstacle, kind of helped put the brakes on uh, some of the stuff that we were doing. Um, but this is something that still got to be dealt with. And we want to uh, switch gears uh, to to uh, deal with uh, more of moving forward, how we're going to go through the healing process. Uh, Definitely since these children have been harmed, uh, since uh, the the covers have been snatched uh, off of that devil, that monster, that evil uh, that is being allowed uh, to... uh, uh, take habitation and coexist uh, at the high school in Ashford, Alabama. And mind you, other high schools and other schools in Houston County of Alabama. And of course, all across the globe, we got these issues in education. Uh, but we we had more than one school uh, that ended up coming uh, forward uh, with some 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 stuff that was going on uh, where the environment uh, was was not conducive for learning, but it was a hostile environment. And so we're going to be working with the new superintendent, uh, continuing to work with the NAACP New Justice Coalition and figure out how can we have our black students and minority students in school and not have these sort of distractions. We have uh, communities around America uh, and, and our government uh, having discussions uh, with Elon Musk and others about field trips to space. And in Alabama, particularly in Houston County, at Ashford High School, we're still trying to figure out, can we just treat our children with dignity and respect and can my child go to school and at least not have the teacher bully him uh, or her because of the color of their skin. 
Um, and so that's where we are. So the healing process and what is to come, um, that's what we're going to be looking uh, forward to in this coming year. Uh, Sister Whitehurst, you've been uh, very helpful um, and we we're very grateful for what you've managed to do thus far. Uh, tell us a little bit about what the experience has been like for you, um, because I, this is this is the first time in your lifetime uh, at uh, 20, 28, 28 years old that you had the opportunity to work with a civil rights organization such as the NAACP. What has this experience been like uh, for a 28-year-old first lady? Um, Well, it's definitely been um, a very very awesome experience, a very um, enlightening experience, you know, being a first lady and working, uh, you know, a lot within the church, uh, me and you or uh, me and Pastor Whitehurst, of course, have a lot of hands on and we and we pull. Yeah, we pull a lot of weight just within within the inside of the church, you know, um, like I was saying, being uh with my husband being the pastor and me being the first lady, but to actually be able to connect with other individuals within the community, within, you know, the, uh, the civil rights organization, the NAACP, and actually seeing, you know, the same level of passion for the same issues in our community, um, just be able to connect and to come together and be able to collaborate and have positive conversations, um, forward-moving conversations, and not feel like, you know, all the weight is just resting on your shoulders. (laughs) Um, Within the organization, we have people like Sister Telefair of Ashford. We have um, Sister James. She uh, works within the NAACP. um, And... Several other pastors out of the community who have, you know, just joined together and rallied around this cause. And that right there just gives you hope because, you know, we're still dealing with with racial divides. And when it comes to our children, just to be able to see that rallying cry of people saying, you know, this isn't right. We have to speak up. We have to speak out. That was something that was very inspiring for me because, you know, yes. I, I'm 28. I, I didn't really want to tell y'all my age, but I am 28. <laughs> I'll be 29 next month by the uh, if it's God's will, and I'm blessed to still be here. But um, it's it's really enlightening, especially when you have a passion for that type of stuff, for civil rights and dealing with stuff that's going on within our community. Like I said, to see so many people gather around and rally around, um, I, I would want to say like the first meeting that we held in person before. COVID uh, began to set in, man, there may have been about 50 or 60 people in in the church, if not more, just rallying around the cause. And then even after COVID struck, being able to help um, 
us being able to help organize the Zoom meetings and uh, communications as far as digital wise and be able to, you know, cross that bridge with them. That was an amazing experience to see so many people join then, like still with that same fire, still with that same concern and that same passion, just ready to move forward and and really just make a change and help our children. So it's been a very enlightening experience for me, a very refreshing experience. Awesome. Awesome. That's what we like to hear. Um, And the young people don't get a pass on this. We we. at KBI, one of the things that, that we're constantly working on, uh, we're, we're getting ready to launch our, our online success camp. Um, but with the Church 2.0 Center, uh, one of the, one of the uh, things that we hold very near and dear, uh, and, and uh, we, we value ourselves by, is being able to offer sort of a civil rights training ground. Uh, meaning that we want our young people to stay connected, to learn about their history, uh, and and to be equipped uh, with the stories, with the timeline, uh, and with uh, tools that are available uh, today so that when situations like this arise, uh, there but for the grace of God, go we, uh, and who can we send and who will go for us, we need our young people, just like this hero- heroic student, to actually be involved and to stand up uh, for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the uh, there was an article that came out uh, on me uh, via report of the South dot com where I had an opportunity to talk about uh, one of the most important uh Things that's, that's got to happen in this era. And it is that with the NAACP, <clears throat> uh, the president uh, 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 self-proclaimed, self-admitted, uh, is around 80 years old. Correct. And so uh, he has more fire, uh, more vigor about him. Um, and it has shown more commitment uh, than we've seen from some younger folk. And they actually have to go to school and deal with this. Um, And so from from 80 years old uh, all the way down to, I believe, my wife at at 28 is probably the youngest uh, major organizer. Uh, with the New Justice Coalition that has participated thus far. Um, but 28 is still not young enough. Right. So so, so what I talked about with the ReportersApp.com article is the, the challenge of bridging uh, this divide. This di- and, and, and it's a digital divide uh, now because technology has become that much more important. What do we need to do? What do we need to do and how do we uh, begin to have a conversation uh, with our school age, high school, middle school, elementary students to make sure that they are not left out uh, of a conversation, uh, a movement uh, uh, that is definitely uh, going to have high implications for them and impact them 
uh, on a wide scale. How do we bring them into the conversation more uh, moving into the new year Uh, in 2021 elementary age, middle age, high school age students? Can you weigh in on that for us a a little bit uh, and kind of talk about what it is that we need to do? Uh, to to make sure that we are giving them the opportunity to participate and that uh, we, we're motivating them to the point that they want to participate uh, with the, the organized movement. This, my perspective on that is the parents of these young people have to get involved. We've had conversations and we know that growing up and I'm just going to go just going to take it all the way back to the church. If I was at my grandmother's house, I did not have a choice of whether or not I was getting up and I was going to church and I was going to be involved in the sunshine band. I was going to be involved in the choir. I was going to be involved in 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 the praise team and that kind of stuff gives you a grounding and it gives you a root and it gives you a base. And so with that, the parents have to say, and they have to take it serious enough to say that, okay, listen, this is affecting you as, as I, as my child, we're going to go, we're going to get involved. I need you to understand the importance of you being discriminated against, you being bullied, you being, um, your rights being violated, you know, um, Adult people taking advantage of you. I need you to be able to recognize it. I need mm-hmm. you to be able to stand on it. So even as a parent, if I don't know how to explain it to my children, I need to get involved with this organization so that they can break it down in layman's terms so that you are aware and you can recognize it and you can understand it when it happens. So I think it just goes back to to the parenting because children are going to go where their parents leave them. So the people who are my age, 28 or your age, uh, just, uh, you know, 34, you have an, an older 40-year-olds who have these teenage children and these almost adult uh, high school children. You just have to get them involved. It, it really rests on you because they don't move without their parents. They don't move without their parents' encouragement, especially when it comes to something positive. We all know children get mischievous mischievous and things that they shouldn't be in they but as right. far as being involved in something positive I right. think we have to lead them to that well we have to lead them there right so what I'm I'm hearing is uh, we need to really capture uh, the seriousness of this and and uh, really uh, let the the community know the parents know mm-hmm. of these students uh, that uh, this is not trivial. This is not something that should be left to chance. This is um, just as important as making sure the lights are on, making sure rent is paid for uh, or or your mortgage is paid for, making sure that they have uh, uh, their essentials when we do back to school programs. Mm-hmm. This is this is serious. This is essential. And so uh, I, I like that. I think that's real important is really capturing uh, the importance, the significance of the hour Mm -hmm. and letting parents know you, you cannot sit this one out. They don't, you don't get a pass. 
uh, if this is happening in our community and it's happening to one child, it can happen to your child. Um, and, and, and don't wait until it's too close to home. Uh, I mean, it's, it's right on our front step now. Right. Uh, if you're a part of this community. So uh, I, I really, really like that. Uh, so we're going to have more conversations uh, moving forward, uh, you know, to, to kind of talk about uh, what it is that we are doing, um, you know, in our community, uh, surrounding our young people, surrounding uh, this back and forth that's been taking place. Uh, not just with uh, the Houston County Board of Education, but also with Dr. Mackey, mm-hmm. uh, with Governor Kay Ivey, uh, who basically has said they they could care less Absolutely. how black students are treated uh, in the public schools Absolutely. in Alabama. And I'd like to add one more thing. Um, you know... The last few months, uh, if you can recall, this hasn't been too long, hasn't been too long ago, just a few months ago, you've seen all types of uprisings dealing with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Armand Arbery. And you have to think about the type of mindset of the people who are committing these offenses. So just because your child or is not being murdered, these people are complete racist. They are teachers and they are sitting yeah, up and they're yeah. communicating and they are calling your children the N-word, saying they're so dumb they can't walk into bubblegum. They are insulting them for teenage pregnancy as if that's, you know, not something that a lot of families deal with, you know. It's just a terrible mindset, and that is the same type of mindset that will lead to, and the way that they just freely done it, that leads to these unfortunate events. And, and then, yeah, mocking your children as if they're less than any, less than nothing. And then you have people like Dr. Mackey who, um, um, who will show up to schools and. He'll want to parade around with your Afri- with your black skinned children, mm-hmm. and, and want to take pictures and photo ops with them. Meanwhile, they're not addressing it's the fact that know. you know these people have literally been racist and discriminatory against your children, and and their only response is something that's completely absurd. Nothing comforting to the parents. Nothing as if it's any type any of their concern. And really, it's it, they don't care. But we're not going to dwell on that. I just wanted to add that in to, you know, give you the urgency of being involved with organizations that are organizing around this. Because, you know, these teachers just happen to get caught. Right. We don't know what they talk about when they're in the break room. You know, when they go home and they're holding actual phone conversations. You know, you you don't know. It's way more involved. You know, you just don't know. Right. And, and I want to encourage everyone listening because we are going to dwell on it. We're going to keep dwelling on it. <laughs> I want to encourage everyone that's listening, join the Ashford Action Committee mm-hmm. on Facebook. I, I believe it's facebook.com forward slash Ashford Action Committee. Uh, and, and this is put together for parents mm-hmm. of, of these uh, students uh, in uh, Houston County. 
doesn't just have to be Ashford High School, uh, but you know, Ashford High School has uh, students from Gordon, Alabama students, some students even from Dothan, Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, that attend. And so it's just called the Ashford uh, Action Committee. Join it on Facebook, um, and we're gonna we're gonna cap this with. Uh, Uh, a uh, current topics dealing with education. I'm going to let you read this. Um, This was in the news uh, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll briefly, uh, you know, make a comment about it. Uh, But this is something that we definitely want to begin to share um, and get out there. There, there, we, we need to, uh, make sure that we are focused on our legal empowerment tools and our media empowerment tools because we are fighting against a system that is uh, like a well-oiled machine. One person can't do it alone. And, and a lot of times we're fighting against ideology. You see the, all the crap that's going on in Congress. Um, we can't understand for the life of us, you know, why these people wouldn't agree with simply putting on a mask when we're in the middle of a doggone pandemic. Other places like I just read Europe being the latest one, are curbing, uh, you know, the effects of this pandemic, this COVID-19. And we're at 200,000 per day. And these folk still don't care. So we're fighting ideology principalities, let's just call it what it is, spiritual wickedness in high places, mm-hmm. it's immorality. Yes. And so uh, I was having a conversation with you uh, concerning uh, something we're doing with legal that we got to get into as far as housing mm-hmm. in Alabama. And I told you that the posturing uh, of that of the particular judge, because we're, we're because we control you know, a little, a few uh, media properties. Mm-hmm. Exposing is something that is important so that we can have these conversations so we can know uh, where corruption is and what's going on. But I told you, don't think that, you know, exposing them is going to hurt them because they want to be revered as these folks that are far right, that only care about the rich, don't care about the poor, uh, that are not into fairness because they want someone like Donald Trump to appoint them to a position. And it's almost as if they're going to have a race to see and show who can be the nastiest. So it doesn't matter to them uh, that you expose them Uh, Being pro landlord when you have uh, people in trouble, as as Biden said, Mm -hmm. uh, that are not in trouble 
by any fault of their own. Um, and the justice system is against them. Mm-hmm. All of the odds are against them. And when they end up in front of a court, even in the face of a, a national moratorium and the judge has an opportunity to lighten the blow uh, or to just be fair, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that everything is supposed to go their way, but just to be fair right. and they turn around and slap them right in the face <laughs> yeah. uh, and act like there's nothing to it. So um, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take consistency. It's going to take organizing. It's going to take strategizing. Mm -hmm. It's going to take uh, real smart tactics. Mm -hmm. So so one of the things that we've got to do is is we've it's going to take a bird's eye view sometimes. We need to to get adjusted to looking at the landscape. Um, and we we need to bring some of this stuff to the forefront that that's happening in our education system. Um, connect the dots wherever we can uh, use that for urgency and influence and, and, and make sure uh, that we're coming together and, and really using, as you said, in layman's terms, simplifying. You know, the opportunities that we have just in our statutes mm-hmm. um, and in the law. So that we are a part of the budget conversations so that parents know that you are empowered. There is a way for you to go inside of your child's school record. There's a way for you to look at that school record. There's a way for you to put notes in that school record. There are steps for you to take. When something is happening on that campus, formal steps, not just having a casual conversation with a teacher or a principal, but actually knowing what's the escalation process so that I can record this on paper so that I can put in an official complaint. So then I can move to the superintendent and then eventually, uh, even if it ends up in a lawsuit and ends up in court mediation or arbitration or what have you. I can get recourse for whatever it is that is happening on the school campus that is not conducive to learning. It doesn't have to just be your student in particular. And so we'll get into a lot of that stuff. But right now, let's cap this uh, with uh, something that it, uh, current events in the news and education. I want you to to uh, read this and you know, make a statement on it. So this piece is titled Senators Ask Online Testing Companies to Address Bias and Privacy Claims. Six Democratic Senators asked three leading online exam companies to address claims about their online proctoring and remote testing products. The products have been accused of violating students' privacy and bias against people of color and people with disabilities. The letters were sent to ExamSoft, Proctorio, and ProctorU, three platforms widely used to administer tests online. 
The news comes as more and more universities turn to remote proctoring software as students stay home, as students stay remote due to the coronavirus pandemic. The tools use a variety of methods that can vary from observation through webcams or specialized software systems that attempt to detect abnormal exam taker activity. So, so you have these senators who have had to step in and write these proctor exam companies uh, because these companies are practically making it harder for you or scrutinizing you more. You know how you, you, you have when you get ready to take that online exam, mm-hmm. there's certain stuff that you're supposed to do. So it's just like your, your black parent telling you when you walk in the store, don't put your hands in your pocket because of the color of your skin. They may think you're stealing something. So even remotely, and we're going to go after this, this is where our minority students are, college level. University level all the way down being accused and being discriminated against to the point that senators have to begin to probe these companies because they're going to mistreat and treat differently uh, those students who are taking these exams via online. You already have in the school system disciplinary. If you're a black student. More likely for you to be suspended. More likely for you to end up in trouble. What do you have to say about this? This stuff is absolutely absurd. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, this pandemic has is is known, it is a fact that it is definitely taking an effect on the African-American community by far the worst. Yeah. And here we are, Yeah. Um. you know, trying to get an education, get a degree, trying to do the right thing, and you can't even take a test without being discriminated against, profiled against. Mm-hmm. You know... I think one of the one thing that is going to have to happen, period, um, we're going to have to have more diversity. And that's a lot of a lot of stuff that's been getting pushed for in boardrooms and all that is diversity. We need and we need to have our children involved in tech. We need to be developing our own programs so that we can administer uh, um, tests as well And, and create. Uh, just products, APIs, um, the coding, the software, absolutely, uh, the background stuff. Um, yes, this stuff is 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 it's, it's insane. I'm glad you touched on that because in further reading of that article, you'll see that some of those issues deal with technological. Um, so uh, Alexandria Casio Cortez was addressing at some point. Uh, as well as some others in Congress um, addressing um, that with facial recognition, AI moving into law enforcement, that there would be uh, discriminatory effects. So, um, man, 
God is confirming more and more why it's important to have the vision of the smart church. Mm -hmm. Because if we are not a part of creating some of these products and at least in the boardroom, uh, at least on the creative team or someone who is sensitive uh, to us, then we're ending up in a situation where we're going to be oppressed even through technology. And that is absolutely unacceptable and, and absurd. So I want you to read this um, just to give the people a little more context. And you come in on and close us out. But exam soft and the other companies addressed in the letters have received several allegations that their proctoring software consistently fails to work for students of color because of issues with facial recogni recognition software, excuse me, which is known to have considerably considerable worse performance on non-white faces, according to study by the National Institute of Standards and Technology. The letters were signed by Senator Richard Blumenthal of Con Connecticut, Ron Wyden of Oregon, Chris Van Hollen of Maryland, Tina Smith of Minnesota, Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, and Cory Booker of New Jersey. Students of color and students wearing religious dress like headscarves have reported issues with the software's inability to recognize their facial features temporarily barring them from accessing the software, the senators wrote. The letters also address challenges that students with disabilities have encountered. The letters also address challenges that, challenges that students with disabilities have encountered with online proctoring software, including instances in which physical disabilities have been flagged as cheating. Monitoring features have flagged individuals with disabilities or physical conditions such as tick disorders or muscle reflexes as suspicious, the senator wrote. Wow. You know, Man. that is something. Um, you know, I don't know how. I'm pretty sure they've gotten more advanced. Back when I was taking college courses, I was using the Proctor U uh, type deal. But they would have a live person come on. I would hold my driver's license up to the webcam and then they would look at my, a human being would look at my face and a human being would sit there and watch me. So apparently now they've got it where they're doing facial recognition, uh, recognition and, you know, apparently for what it seems as if to me from what I'm, what I'm reading is, you know, the human interaction is just, you know, and and that just goes back to tech. It's going to have to be um, the code. The writing of it is going to have to be diversified because I hear I wear head wraps. People with disabilities just because they're flitching or or they're having muscle reflexes or something. You thinking that they're cheating or you know that's just crazy. Just crazy all the way around. It is. Yeah. So. Um, of course, disruptive ministry is our thing. We're going to talk more about it. Um, and you can go ahead and, and, and close us out. Uh, um, happy hot, holy days to all of you. Yes. Uh, and we're praying for those in education, students, teachers, uh, administrators, community leaders, and all. 
Absolutely. We are definitely praying for you. Um, we're praying for those parents who are doing a distance learning right now with their children. Um, there is a group of moms over in Atlanta. They they have been protesting because, you know, they're having some issues with the remote learning that's going on. Um, yeah, that's a big problem now. Yeah. And so they're demanding face to face. And, you know, it's really something that's terrible because we're in the middle of this pandemic and our students education. Some of, you know, from what I've experienced, um, being a parent that's doing online learning right now. They're there's they're not really helping these students. You know, right. you are you are that's having to fully. Like yeah. yeah, that's what it looks like here in Alabama. In, in Alabama, in in uh, the Houston County School District of where my yeah. children are attending. We are having to go to YouTube to find extra video help. Um, we're having to do all that. They're not. They're not teaching them this material. Not even having video. They're not even video learning with them. They are just giving them assignments. Some of the assignments are being missed because they want them to fail. Yeah, it seems like some of the folders are unorganized, and then then the teachers are popping up work because they're. I'm sure they're overwhelmed. You know, they don't probably don't have much support. Wait a minute, let me interject. I'm, I'm sure that they're. You're probably right. Overwhelmed as far as whether or not they're tech savvy. Absolutely. And they don't have that support. The school system should be providing it, they but should. there are less kids in the classroom. Right. It's absolutely unacceptable to have uh, someone like Dr. Mackey in charge of education in Alabama. It's terrible. He, he has said himself uh, that, you know, he's not even interested right. in virtual learning. Um, mm-hmm. however, you have schools shutting down left and right. So this is a, res- this is his responsibility. That's right. And the least that they can do is to prepare the teachers and to make sure that if our children are going to do remote learning, that it's it, up to it, it, standard. Exactly. It, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, you have students, and I've had uh, parents even come reaching out to me trying to get guidance on how to exactly. get into these lessons. And, you know, am I missing something? What am I missing? Students are making grades that they would never make if they were, you know, in a face to face classroom. So they need to be providing more resources. Uh, if they have to hire out and hire, you know, there are platforms online where you have retired teachers who will come in and they'll do courses or and there's platforms out there that does tutoring and all of that. And I think that they should integrate that type of stuff for these students so that they can actually teach them because, you know, this is something right. completely different, something completely out, out of the normal for a lot of people. But and, it is it is going to become... Our new normal, Absolutely. it seems. Um, uh, so we're, we're going to keep you guys in our in, in our prayers, uh, and we're out of time at this point. Uh, so be blessed and follow up with this conversation and more uh, at facebook.com forward slash Ashford Action Committee.